Hello, I'm Neil Grant and you're listening to The Vocation Cast, a work search resource that shows you how to completely transform your professional future. If you're looking for an employed position with a private sector organisation and you're open to some fresh ideas that will propel you into the A-League of job seekers, you'll find plenty to get excited about here. In each episode, I present a range of work search strategies that are lifted straight from my Vocation Master programme. You can forget about a traditional approach, because what you get here is a total reimagination of what's possible. It's job hunting, but on steroids. You'll be learning a little theory and developing a lot of practical skills over the coming weeks and months. But if you're impatient and want to get ahead of the curve, there's a quick and easy solution. Visit vocationmaster.com where you can gain immediate access to my free Job Interview Secrets video course. You get three hours of information, advice and action plans that go straight to the heart of my advanced job interview strategy. I used to charge $99 for this material, but I'm now making it available to you without any charge whatsoever. To say thanks for showing interest in what I do, and as an insight into how I work, just go to vocationmaster.com for free and immediate access. I've been presenting most of the previous vocation casts from a best-case position. I do this because I want to encourage you to expect success in your upcoming work search and to give you every reason to be optimistic about getting hired by a great employer and fulfilling your career potential. However, for a training programme to be truly inclusive, I need to tell you about some of the problem areas that can sometimes derail you, and these challenges often crop up during a hiring meeting. Knowing what these issues are likely to be will help you anticipate the inevitable glitches that may come your way, and prepare you for any difficulties if they cross your path. In my experience, there are half a dozen situations that can interfere with a hiring pitch, and they are poor preparation on your part, insufficient time available to you, mismatched expectations, disagreement on the problem, refusal to accept the solution, and a not-hiring-now position. So let's run through each of these potential problems and consider some possible solutions if you're unlucky enough to run into any of them. The first one to consider is poor preparation, which is an obvious difficulty. While it's the most profound hurdle in your way, it's also the easiest one to overcome. There's really no excuse for insufficient preparation, 
Although I've come across Vocation Master course participants who readily admit to not being fully prepared during feedback sessions following unsuccessful hiring meetings. The answer is simple, and you know what that is. Get down to business and do everything I talk about in these Vocation Cast episodes. In addition to putting in the basic groundwork, don't forget that good preparation includes things such as mugging up on recent business developments or familiarising yourself with the latest news from your industry that you can feed into your pitch. But the most critical aspect of preparation is getting your head straight and keeping your mind focused on what matters most. If you do this, almost everything else will fall into place, so long as you have a desire to perform at the peak of your abilities and you refuse to accept anything less than your best. The second potential problem comes in the shape of insufficient time being available to you, which might refer to being late for your meeting, but that's not what I've got in mind here. Instead, you could find yourself in a meeting that's truncated for some reason, or the hiring decision maker tells you in advance that they've only got 10 minutes available or whatever. This is unquestionably a damaging constraint. You need a minimum of half an hour to pitch yourself properly, and more like 45 minutes to an hour, depending on the complexity of your situation. That's five minutes to break the ice and cover introductions. You absolutely must devote at least 15 minutes to your prepared pitch. This should be inked into the available time slot, and you can't abbreviate this phase without severely compromising yourself. Then, up to half an hour for expansion and a demonstration of how you'll do the job, plus 10 minutes to wrap up and gain commitment. For obvious reasons, rushing any of this isn't helpful in any way at all. If the hiring decision maker gives you advance notice of a significantly shortened time slot, I recommend you reschedule. If you're unexpectedly cut off in the middle of things, try to do the same thing and pick up where you left off. The difficulty is that you've lost the element of freshness. Making an impact is what it's all about, and firing up a shortened pitch sometime later is a bit like reheating a delicious meal after it's gone cold. It just isn't the same the second time around. The third of my problem areas is mismatched expectations. This is a serious problem if it happens, but not a devastating one. By mismatched expectations, I mean that the decision maker doesn't realise why you're having the meeting. 
This is usually because you or your personal contact who's introduced you have failed to communicate effectively. The typical result of this failure is that the decision maker thinks this is going to be an informal get to know you type meeting rather than one in which you want to talk about important work possibilities. If it becomes evident that this is the situation, it's a judgment call about whether or not you want to deliver your full pitch at this time. On balance, I think it's better to only do so when the decision maker is primed for a serious conversation. Otherwise, you risk losing your best shot at this employment target. This is why you must spell out your purpose right at the start, and that means totally nailing the introduction stage of the hiring meeting. You must seize control of the agenda at all times, so you should also assert yourself immediately the meeting begins. Don't be a shrinking violet who doesn't state your case up front, thereby allowing for the possibility of the decision maker getting the wrong end of the stick. The fourth of my potential difficulties is a disagreement on the problem. And this is a pretty tough one to get around. Assuming you've managed to outline the main business challenge as you understand it, the decision maker can only agree with the position as you present it, or they can quibble with you. If it's the latter, this isn't a good way to conduct the rest of the meeting. The greater the disagreement, the worse it gets for you. If you've done your homework properly, this situation shouldn't arise, but it would be naive to imagine that it's not a possibility. If this happens, you have three options available to you. The first is to soldier on and hope for the best by blagging your way through the remainder of the pitch. Although this requires a lot of improvisation and no little chutzpah. You might decide that there's not much to lose, particularly if you have good reason to believe that you're only going to get one stab at convincing this person to give you a job. It will be an interesting pitch, to say the least, but you'll have a great tale to tell at dinner parties in the future. The second option is to excuse yourself immediately, retire and reformulate your pitch to accommodate the new problem, which you'll need to spend time and effort to assess. It'll undoubtedly be an embarrassing few minutes when you explain that you've got it wrong, but you might decide that you can handle that if the opportunity justifies a seriously red face. You'll then have to do some in-depth analysis of where you went wrong, then grovel your way back in if you can. You'll possibly want a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with the person who gave you bad information too. 
If you ask me, bailing out is something you do once and once only. So I'd forget about this company if the results of my research were immediately blown out of the water. The third option is the one I advocate, and that's to stop digging yourself into a hole. Apologise and explain that you've been wrongly informed, and ask the decision maker to describe the main problem they face right there in front of you. If it's something you can adapt your pitch to, proceed accordingly. I must stress that this is not a great way of starting a pitch, but it's probably the least worst solution to a disagreement about the business challenge you hope to solve. The fifth problem is a refusal to accept the solution. This is far worse than the decision maker disagreeing with you about the business problem. Your entire pitch is predicated upon them accepting the problem and the solution. And without both, you're as good as sunk, especially if your proposed solution is the sticking point. There's some leeway if there are only a few minor technicalities involved, particularly if these are logistical rather than strategic. But if you get major objections to your proposal that don't make much sense, there might be a hidden agenda that's constraining the decision maker. This might be for confidential financial reasons or based on personnel issues that you're probably not aware of. The other possibility is that the person you're meeting with is the problem. The boss must carry full responsibility for everything that goes on inside their department or business, including the multitude of problems that are part and parcel of every organisation's operations. If they acknowledge a problem, but willfully refuse to consider a reasonable solution, and there doesn't seem to be any other option available to you, it's probably time to walk away. Do you really want to work for this sort of company in the first place? The sixth of my problem areas is a not hiring now situation. This is one of the most common objections you'll hear. A decision maker might welcome your proactive approach and praise your pitch. They may completely accept your description of the problem their business faces and embrace the solution you offer them. They could believe that you're the right person and would love to offer you a position, but for one small problem, and that is that there's a hiring embargo. It would be nice to think that logic prevails in a situation like this. If you can show that you'll bring more money into the business than you'll cost in salary and benefits, it stands to reason that you should be hired. Unfortunately, things don't always work out this way, often for reasons that you cannot influence. 
All you can do is state your case and appeal to reason. Just know that there are some events in life which are beyond your control, and these include strange company policy decisions, even if common sense dictates their stupidity. In the next four vocation casts, I'll be shifting away from content, delivery and other front-facing aspects of your job pitch and considering the things that go on in the background. Perhaps the most vital of these is the need for mental toughness and becoming psychologically prepared for everything that will happen in your work search. I hope you can join me for episode 37 to learn about the importance of sharpening your axe. I'll explain what this expression refers to then, so don't miss out. If you prefer to watch training materials rather than listen to them, all of these vocation cast episodes are available in video format. Search YouTube for Vocation Master and via my dedicated website, of course. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now.